Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Bermuda Championship storylines, best bets, and wherever else the wind will take us. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, good day. Good day, gang. Uh, hope everyone is enjoying their Tuesday and uh, the announcement of uh, some news, I guess, which we'll get to. Don't break it yet. We'll get we'll get there in just a moment. Mark Immelman is here. Hello, Mark. How's it, boys? Hey, it's good to be a South African right now. Uh, Eric van Rooyen last week, and of course, Rugby World Cup champions two weeks prior, the South Africans beating New Zealand. Who do you think I've texted the most over the last few days? One of my announced colleagues. Frank uh, Noblio. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, in a strange twist of fate right after Rugby World Cup, South Africa somehow beat New Zealand in the final of the world sheep shearing contest as well. <laughs> and this was just too much. I couldn't resist. I had to send him that as well. Everything coming up aces for mm -hmm. South Africa at the moment. Yeah. Kyle Porter is here. He is sporting. If you are not watching, uh, not only a rugged, rugged beard, but a 150th open championship hat, which looks very, very nice. This is actually for the 150th sheep shearing. Uh, <laughs> oh, so that, if that's, like, that's that's probably that hat's probably 500 years old. <laughs> shearing sheep longer than longer than anything. I'm actually very excited, boys. I, I played golf on on Sunday. Uh, hit it great. Couldn't score. Basically, the story of my golf career. Uh, but I got I got a fitting today. I got fitted for some clubs. All right. Well, we got. Well, what would you like to tell us more? Was it a, was it a specific manufacturer's fitting or was it a agnostic fitting? No, it was it was my friends over at Titleist got me hooked up with a fitting and uh, wow. just all kinds of stuff that I uh, would never have thought of. You know, just ridiculous things that I do with my swing that they're like, well, we're gonna have to maybe special order some parts for that and figure this out. And, uh, no, it was great. Like I was hitting it good and it was, it was just a very cool, um, you know, detailed look at stuff that I wouldn't ever think about. So it was, it was great. Does it make you think more or less about bifurcation? Because those guys are not playing the same equipment that everybody else is. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I don't. I, I might have to answer that like after I get the get the <laughs> it equipment. Turns you into John Rom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if it drops my handicap by like seven strokes. Uh, no, I, I I think regardless, I, I I think the same. Like my stance on bifurcation has been pretty consistent, and I I think will remain so. But yeah, overall, it was just uh, I'm appreciative of Titleist. Um, it, it was a really it was a really cool experience. I really enjoyed it. Hey, Rick, just a minute. Kyle, that hat of yours is cool, but it makes me sad. Whenever I see that 150th, I get saddened. I'm sure you do, too. Because Cam Smith won? 
Uh, well, because Rory didn't win. Well, yes, 100%. But, and But I also think, Mark, and you'll appreciate this, like as a as a writer, I, I sort of enjoy writing the sad ones more than the like jubilant ones. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot there. And that was one of my favorite ones to cover last year was, was Rory's, he, he probably won't enjoy hearing this, but, uh, was Rory's loss because there was so much emotion, so much depth, so much that he kind of gave away at the end there uh on the course but also i'm more more so like when he spoke and and how he exited um it was it was it was very meaningful and yeah i mean it it stinks it would have been cool if rory had won his fifth at st andrews but i also enjoy writing the the losses just as much as the wins i think all right now I'm sad, Mark. Yeah, you. you why, why are you doing this, Mark? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're having, great, you're having such a great day. Well, I think I can bring up uh, those spirits because I want to remind everyone that this episode of The First Cut is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, where they make every moment more. And we've got a plethora, Patrick, of TGL news. Things are heating up for the Tiger and Rory McIlroy simulator golf league that should not be described as simulator golf if you listen to rory mcelroy this week so let's go through a couple of items here um one old nugget combined with a new nugget john rom out of tgl we learned that last week rory mcelroy was on cnbc this week uh in in press day with the boston common and basically reiterated that he does not think john rom is going to live and he would be quote very very surprised if that were to happen What's wrong with him? Is is something happened? He's not going to live. Um, but <laughs> I, was, no. I, I heard that. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> John, okay. But but on a serious note, who amongst us hasn't RSVP'd for an event? He was among the first rounds. It was him and JT last November who said, yeah, we're going to go to the TGL. And once the event comes around, you look at your calendar. You're like, oh, God, do I really have to do this? And you back out. And I think that's kind of what happened to John Rahm. He lives out there in Scottsdale. Maybe after a tournament, he doesn't want to fly all the way to Florida just for one night. And look, this is a guy who has one thing on his mind, and it's major championships. It is establishing his legacy on the PGA Tour and the four big ones throughout the year. So to all those people who are like, oh, John Rahm's going to be the new fireball captain. Sorry, Sergio. Let's just take a chill pill here. He's been one of the more outspoken, level-headed people when it comes to live golf and the PGA Tour. Rom's going to be going nowhere. I think it was just one of those scheduling and logistical things that didn't add up. Well, I think I think the one point that stands out to me, Mark, is is what Patrick said there that Rom has been very clear about what his intentions are in the game of golf. It is not, if you believe what he says, it is not about money. It is not about what it is about legacy major championships and everything that comes along with with winning them and uh teeing it up on monday nights in florida in an arena does not necessarily get him closer to winning major championships it really doesn't um and look everything patrick said in my opinion was on the button i i would just add to that given the extra time that is real and the extra travel and it's one night away from the family and he does have two little ones and and having seen John and his kids, he's a very engaged and, and involved father. And we're in a sport that's going to keep you away from your burgeoning family. And it looks like he and Kelly are likely to have more kids the way they love on their kids. So the way 
time away from growing kids is a big deal. And that's, that's a big deal for him. And then I also feel like, look, he has been forthright and candid in these comments about Liv. But I know there were overtures made. And he asked for a gigantic amount of money from everything I've kind of caught wind of. But I feel like the the official world golf ranking telling Liv not so much on the world ranking points has had a big influence too, because John wants to win majors, to your opinion, uh, to your point. And so now not earning points to get into said majors, that's a big deal. Uh, because Ram, I think deep down, he hasn't, I don't know if he's said it to any of you guys, but he certainly hasn't to me. I think he wants to be not just the world's best, but he certainly wants to be Spain's best. And you've got Sevi and you've got Jose Maria and just legends of the game there. And Ram knows he's got the chops to do that. So he just wants to be a major championship hunter. And so I feel like that's a large part of the decision too. Well, if, if he's real quick, if he's Spain's best, then he might be Europe's well, best ever too, right? Well, yeah, well, look, I will, there's Feldo. Um, he's got yeah. six. Sevi has got what, five? Yeah, Seve's got five. I, I think it's. I think right now it kind of goes whatever order you want to put those two in, and then Rory's like, like third or fourth right now. And I think Rom has a real chance to, like Rom and Rory both have a real chance to be the best European golfers of all time, which is pretty wild to think about. Both of them, you know, we're, we're still a little early on Rom. We're still a little early, early on Rory too. Uh, he has to do what he's been doing for another ten years, but. Uh, the trajectory of Rom is just, it remains underrated. I think people don't really understand like what that trajectory has been so far. Well, I love, I love your take there. And along those lines, he is contended at every major event. So, so his game travels and it's friendly to whatever conditions. And so he knows that four times a year, he's going to be a factor if he's rested and if he's playing well and everything's in order. So yeah, I'm look, if you're reading the tea leaves, you've got to figure he's going to probably do it, but you never know. But right now, it's it's trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of Roy McIlroy, KP, he uh, spoke more about TGL and what it's going to look like or what it's going to feel like. He said, quote, I think when it's been branded as simulator golf, that does it a bit of a disservice. It's going to be a lot more than that. Uh, he would go on to say it's going to try to feel like sitting courtside at an NBA game. It's going to be fast. It's going to be action-packed. It's not going to be traditional golf. We haven't seen it yet. We're getting more uh, abstract uh, statements about what this what this could be, Kyle. So is it is it formulating anything in your brain yet, or you're going to have to lay eyes on it? Uh, need to lay eyes on it. I, I, uh, it, it's the type of thing, Rick, that I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. I, I'm not super optimistic about it. I think for reasons that we've talked about on here, um, it's, it, it has a chance to be a little bit, and this is where I get a little concerned about the rollout of it. I think there's a chance that it could be a little bit self-serious in the same way that live has been to where, you're almost taking it so seriously that it's like a parody of itself. Like it almost goes like full circle, you know, and that's where the, the rollout has been not great. It, uh, you know, it just like, what are we, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to like launch a, a new, like serious, like this is the PGA tour golf league, or are we trying to have fun on Monday night? You know? And, I think they're caught in between swing patterns right now, if you will, because I'm not totally sure that, they've landed on like how serious everybody is, is 
is taking this. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And I think there's a couple of things. I think that, um, I think it will be polarizing. Uh, so, so for good or bad, I'm not sure. Well, I, it's certainly for bad. I do not know if there are any diehard PGA tour fans. I'm not sure they exist. I think what, what do you, what do you mean by that? Um, I don't think that there's a lot of people that do not miss an event. They think all of all of the PGA Tour events are awesome. They tune into PGA Tour Live and it's the only thing that they the only thing that they watch. I think there are a lot of golf fans. I think that there are a lot of casual PGA Tour fans. I think there are a lot of people that think positively of it but would not I mean, you see some of these NBA diehards or some of these NFL diehards or some, I mean, it is just a completely different animal. I don't think that exists for the PGA tour right now, but what they're able to do is they cast a much wider net because of that, right? They've got positive sentiment from people 18 to 88, uh, most Saturday and Sunday throughout the year. And that's kind of where they live currently. Did you want to jump in there, Mark? Yeah, I just wanted to say your point is well-founded because if you think about the folks who'd watch the NFL or the NBA, yeah, they might play pickup basketball, but what's the game at best? An hour, a couple hours where your golf fan, they are to play golf on the weekend when the PGA Tour is culminating. And if they're on the golf course, that's four and a half, five hours and a drink or two with your buds afterwards. So, you know, it's an afternoon's worth and then you're missing the sport. So I'm feeling where you're going. I, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and where I'm going, KP, is that, you know, I think this will be more polarizing. I think you're going to have people who love it. And I think you're going to have people who hate it. And I also think that's okay. You don't have to live in the middle of this. You know, you might get uh, a, a, a transition from those who watch good, good on YouTube and those that are like, Oh, sit down to watch an hour or two of live superstars hitting shots in real time. I'm not missing anything into a screen there that, that what is shown on YouTube is way more watched than the PGA tour is. Okay. Like that can easily translate to TGL. And then you are going to have a ton of people who absolutely hate it. <sighs> I think it's a great point about YouTube golf and, but, but the thing about that is Rick is they don't, those guys, whether it's good, good or wh whoever you want to talk about that plays YouTube golf, they don't take it seriously, which is part of the magic of it. Right. And I think that the problem becomes, and, and this is not, I, I'm other people have said this. I think the shotgun start boys said it. Uh, so several people have made this point. The problem is when you lose, like when you win. So, so some of my friends who don't follow golf are like, oh, what? It, I, I think I might be into this. And I'm like, really? Okay. That's interesting. Surprising. But I'm, I'm behind, like I'm for that. The problem is if you lose people like me and Rick and Patrick and Mark, then all of a sudden the, the people that we're friends with that are like, Hey, I'm into this. And we're like, ah, that's kind of dumb. Then all of a sudden they're out on it too. Like, it, and this is not a, I'm not trying to make this about myself, but in a lot of ways, like we're the tastemakers for like all this stuff and, and talking to people and writing and talking right now and having friends that, that do all the, and not just us, but hundreds of people like us. And if you take it too seriously and just try to be live, but on a screen, 
and I'm not saying that's what they're doing totally, but I've seen some some signs that don't really engender a ton of excitement that are kind of heading in that direction. That's where I get a little uh, get a little wary of what's coming. This is the dance step, Patrick, that they have to do, because uh, I think Kyle's right. And what we have learned in the last 18 months to two years is that vibe matters. Right. I mean, we saw it with Liv. I think uh, a lot of people would have been more well received if, if Liv just said, hey, listen, we're trying something new. This might not work. It might. Let's see how team golf goes, as opposed to. 12 months before them teeing off, declaring it's the greatest thing that's ever been invented. <laughs> All that fun stuff, right? So I think vibe matters. Um, I I am hopeful that the Colin Morikawa um, phone call that he received from LAGC, I'm Real. hoping that was a bit because he brought up the Taylor Gooch. Like, it Real. had, but also it had to be, right? It's, because It's not funny though. Did no. he That's the problem. Is he's not funny. I think that they were like, "Hey, listen, we have this idea. Like, let's do. Why don't you throw in that Taylor Gooch comment about how this is as big as the Ryder Cup and as interesting as the Ryder Cup?" But Colin can't pull that off. He's a great <laughs> golfer. Can't host SNL. Um, like, so I think it fell very flat. But vibe matters here, Patrick. It it really does, and that goes back to kind of the team composition where each of these six teams are going to need the league guy, the, the big personality, JT. Uh, it'll probably be Homa for LA. It'll be Tiger. It'll be Rory. And whoever the other two ones will be some of those more out there, outspoken personalities. And because look, not every match is going to be Tiger Woods versus Rory McIlroy. There's going to come a time when it's Lucas Glover, who is a great guy versus Patrick Antley, who's also a great guy. But Let's be real. Golf fans don't really get up for, oh my goodness, Tuesday night. I got to tune into Lucas Glover and Patrick Cantlay hitting a golf ball into a screen. And I'm not sure if the YouTube golf fans will even get up for that either. So I think that's where you kind of run into an issue and why the team composition really matters as well. But I, I look to this rollout and to the Colin Morikawa thing, to the Boston Common press conference, it's been entirely way too serious, like Kyle said. And if you're trying to resonate with a city, which this is the route they're going, which I think is smart in, in some respect, you, you got to do stuff that's city like. I've put it out there. Why not make a, you know, a video like they did the Hyundai commercial during the Super Bowl where you had Chris Evans and uh, all these actors doing Boston accents, doing schmatpack. Stuff you know, something like that. You could do videos like that, and then you have bloopers for your social media as well. You go to all these cities, you could do that with every single city, you know, movie spoofs for I mean, you could do the town, you could do fever pitch, you could do uh, okay, Google okay. hunting. You're hired, you're hired. You, you, you could do all this different stuff for Boston, but instead, they do uh, you know, awkward series video. There's a video of Rory juggling, and then they all just put out eye emojis every time a new announcement comes. It's like, all right, let's chill with the eye emojis. I put it on mute on Twitter for Christ's sake at this point. Wow. Um, but but it's just been entirely too serious. And Kyle hit it nail on the head. They're in between a rock and a hard place between what do we want to become? And a couple months out, I don't think they know. Well, it, it almost feels like, and Mark or Rick can weigh in on this, it almost feels like now we have three leagues. And my impression was that it was going to be like adjacent to, and it, and and it is like, again, we're very early. Give it like two months. And if it's still the same, then we can, we can torch it. But 
it it does almost feel like they're starting like a third league, which obviously the PGA Tour is approved, so it's not a it's not a competitor. But the way they have sort of talked about it, if it feels a, a little bit like. Uh, remember the the PGL? Like I don't know if you guys have read uh, Shipnuck's book, but he talks a lot about the background of the PGL. Obviously, No Way and Up's done a bunch on that. It feels like a little bit a little bit like the PGL, but on a screen. And that whole dynamic is just kind of strange given the landscape that we're currently in. I find it curious too because Monday nights, you know, after because because I'm trying to think of who the fan base for this is going to be and the fan base is likely going to be folks that have watched sport over the weekend anyhow and the, well, the quickest way to ostracize your family is to say okay Monday night I'm checked out for a couple hours too while I watch golf balls into a simulator I mean that I, I just I think from that point of a view it just seems like it's got a short lifespan to me I don't know how long contracts and things are and I'm sure there's going to be like the new thing. And so everyone's going to watch the first few shows. But I just wonder what its staying power is to, you know, as it pursues all your guys' observations, which are, in my opinion are very appropriate. Mark, you might underestimate how much people want to check out from their friends and family. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not, not me, not me, but just people. For the record. I think the, um, I think the mark, the demo is the, three quarters of a billion views on rick shields channel the right. quarter billion views of good good i think i think that that's the i think that that's the demo right. I, admittedly admittedly i do and and yeah, yeah but i think to um to, to josh's point he just made this point in the chat like those thing those those uh shows are not overproduced Right. right they're they're they feel very um just natural and this is gonna be overproduced it just is like you've got too many important big time people and you've yeah. got espn and yeah, ESPN, yeah. Mm -hmm. i think i think i think one of the big things for me is like okay what is the production like who is the host how does all that work because live has just butchered all that obviously and i think if you if you don't nail that, then it has a chance to be kind of not that great. It, these these YouTube channels that we're referencing, and there's a there's a dozen more, uh, are basically all filmed on iPhones or could be filmed on iPhones, where one guy hits a shot and then hands the phone to somebody else. So imagine, Roy, okay, Rory, film me, and then okay, I'll take the phone and you go hit your shot. That would almost be. A plenty of production for what they are trying to you, put together. You know what was great, and this was a little overproduced, um, but it was it was fine. Was the Phil and Bryson um, thing that they made? They mm -hmm. they played nine holes before what was it? Live Bedminster, maybe or Greenbrier? Greenbrier? I don't know. And I was actually writing about this today for Normal Sport Three. It was it was good because they were just kind of. I mean, Phil's a really good trash talker, obviously, and he was kind of in his element, but they were also just talking golf. And you didn't have all this like hoopla around it. It was kind of just them playing nine holes. And it was very, very watchable. Like, I, surprisingly, I went into I, I started watching it thinking like, I'm going to last like two minutes. This is going to be so stupid. And then I just kind of kept watching. And there was I don't I don't know what it was about it. I think it it was that it wasn't too overproduced um they they were just talking nerdy about golf like if you get that then you i think you have something because these guys talk about golf better than anybody in the world 
Yeah. Okay, but and, remember, for, remember for a second, sorry, Rich. Um, okay. The matches. Remember how boring the banter was in the matches, unless you had Barkley on the side talking. Yes, because they 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 try to make this is exactly what I'm saying, Mark. They try to they think that those guys are com, like, oh, talk some, say something funny, and it's like, man, that's not like just talk golf, and the funny stuff will will you know inevitably come out. You know, and and instead it gets like you get producers in there that are like, oh, well, you, you should say this and do that. And it's like, guys, just just chill. Just let them play and talk golf. Take the PGA Tour, inject it with a little dude perfect and send them out there and see what happens on Monday nights. The biggest domino did fall, Patrick, because today we learned what the sixth team is and where Tiger Woods will be playing. They are one and the same. Jupiter. Lynx Golf Club, a Tiger Woods-owned team, and he is the first member of said team. Incredible. A true where-were-you moment. 15-time major champion, 82-time PGA Tour winner, and your captain of the Jupiter Golf Lynx, Tiger Woods. Um, I think... <laughs> I think that could be a little uh, teaser of what happens on ESPN Monday nights when he's walking out of the tunnel to that. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I think everyone knew that Tiger would have a stake in his own team. He would be the head honcho for his team. And after Sean Zach put it out, he did a little sleuthing uh, for golf.com and found out it was Jupiter, the final city to be named. Uh, it, it, all, it all really makes sense. But like I said, if, if these guys want to resonate with cities, they're going to have to do, you know, stuff that the cities are known for. I don't know how you do that with Jupiter. I guess you have a team party at his his restaurant down there or something mm -hmm. or hang out around the lighthouse. But we've, we've seen Live Golf try this uh, playbook as well with nationalities. And it, it really hasn't done too much. I mean, there are South African teams, Australian teams, Asian teams, English teams, South American teams, and it really hasn't done too much for them. So I'm, I'm interested to see if, if it does anything for TGL. Uh, who's going to be the, who's going to lead the San Francisco team? Uh, it could, it could be anyone at this point. Yeah. If, you don't, uh, they're, they're, the ties to the teams are vague at loose. best, right? And some, yeah. Loose. So could be anybody. Could be home. Minwoo, maybe. Could be. Minwoo. Maybe. That'd be sick. That'd be a good one. Men, women, stuff. Just two, sure. two, two yeah. chefs, two, two cooks, two shooters, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Tiger Woods, a couple of videos of him caddying for Charlie. Mark that ankle, that leg, that foot. Eh, pretty, pretty good gait. Everybody's got the warm and fuzzies again when when you get a twelve second video of Tiger walking down a fairway. Okay, Can't let's, do it. Let's let, let's let's just pump the brakes a bit. They're in Louisiana, which is flat as pancake. And that's certainly not Augusta National, and he's not hitting balls off side slopes. Let's just slow down for a bit. I think more impressive was what Charlie Woods looked like. Um, that young man is turning into a star, although he's got a lot of some growing to do as a player. But golly, he looks like a million dollars with a club in his hand. But yeah, to look, Tiger walking around carrying a bag, awesome. Uh, I just I think it's more awesome. The Tiger Woods, the guy that used to be like this mysterious mist, you know, back in the day, he'd show up at a golf course, play, sign a few autographs, hardly do press after a round, disappear, then come out again for his morning practice round at 6 a.m. And you never knew him until it was tournament time. Now he's walking around a junior golf tournament playing caddy. 
I just think Tiger 2.0 is just so cool and he's a dad. And and for me, that was the thing that I appreciated the most about the whole thing. Not that the fact that he's walking around, whereas that is still a feat. But, you know, his son looks good. It's just good to see Tiger out there being a dad and enjoying it. KP, last word on Tiger Woods, if you want it, or we can hit a break and move on. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... Uh... I saw somebody on Twitter was predicting that he would win Riviera today. And that's like, oh, let's call him out. Ryan Burr. Ryan yeah. Burr. Mm -mm. <laughs> I, I, thanks, Patrick. Appreciate that. Uh, I it, like, like, why, why, like, why are we doing this? Like why we don't Clicks. have to do it. Clicks. He's farming engagement. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> it, but like, I, I just, I'm so exhausted of the tiger cycle. Like, Oh, He's going to win again. And then you, you do, it's just this, it's like so predictable, right? Like you have this like cyclical six step thing until he gets another surgery. We'll do six steps, get another. And it's just like, what are we doing? Like, let's, let's just, let's just enjoy it. Like just enjoy it for whatever it is and not get caught up thinking that it's, you know, 2007 again. All right. We will talk Bermuda. We will release the picks we will take a quick break and hear a word from our partners and we're back bermuda <laughs> is where we're headed everything good patrick yeah sorry um <laughs> i was reading yeah. something funny <laughs> all good well listen i'll throw it to you first because we've got a fedex cup fall top 10 that is just absolutely heating up with two events to go bo hostler retains his top spot at number 50 one Kucher right in tow and Steven Yeager holding on to that final spot. Lots of opportunity to get yourself for the first couple of signature events for next year. Lots of opportunity, not only for next year, but this week, uh, as you see on the screen, only three of them are playing in Bermuda. Uh, just about everyone else withdrew. I think my father is next on the list to get into this tournament, but you got Nick Hardy, Ben Griffin and Alex Smalley in the mix. Uh, it's a big opportunity for them if they can win because, you know what, 500 FedEx Cup points are still up for grabs. But I kind of look more towards the top 125 at this point with the full-time status on the line. Pat Kazire, a PGA Tour winner, is on the outside looking in. Uh, the PGA Tour has been doing a really cool series this fall following Austin Eckroat, Harrison Endicott, and uh, Ryan Palmer about their quest to, uh, to gain status and uh, – Ryan Palmer had a great week with the top five in Mexico, and he he's on the outside looking in too. And so those are more of the stories, I think, down towards the 125 because that kind of is what the RSM will kind of be like the window, so to speak, next week because they'll be earn, earning full-time status. But this is great for them. And, uh, yeah, loan officer Ben Griffin in the mix again. He's not going to have to go back to loans anytime soon. He keeps playing like this. Mark, a golf course at Port Royal that looks a lot different than a lot of other courses on the PGA Tour schedule. Very, very short uh, by tour standards. 6,800 yards, par 71. We have seen guys like Brian Gay have great success. We've seen guys like Brendan Todd have great success. Lots of different ways to get it done around here. Yeah, certainly. Um, and this golf course is incredible. It's hilly and it's got some incredible vistas over the Atlantic Ocean there. And it gets smashed by the wind. And as most seaside courses are, it's kind of the golf course's only defense. Looking at Kyle's cap, it's kind of like St. Andrews. You know, if the wind's not blowing there, these guys will kill it. If the wind is blowing, it's a handful. And and Port Royal is the same way. Very undulating. I think the big deal is the wind, which is supposed to blow for three of the four days. It's going to start out sort of calm. 
calm. And then to, to me on those golf courses, always, you've got to keep the green slow. And, and so I feel like it's guys that are really good with wedges, guys that putt well, guys that can make the adjustment from fast greens to slower greens very fast. And that's why you see some of the Bermuda growing up guys doing well there and the folks that just are good around the pretty accurate off the tee and good around the greens. Will we have anyone this week, KP, admonish the golf course like Kelly Craft did last week in Cabo? <laughs> Probably <laughs> is. Can you remember is, a non-Terrell Hatton uh, quote as strong against the golf course as Kelly Craft had last week? I, I, exact I, words. I can. Patton Kazire at the 2022 PGA Championship at Southern Hills. Oh, wow. Just okay. tor- I don't that. torched the place. I'll find it really? while you while you look up Kelly Craft. Uh, Kelly Craft wrote about the golf. Not sure where to start. All I, I all I will say is the PGA Tour could do a better job at picking courses to host these events. Uh, in my opinion, this wasn't my favorite course, and I've played on the tour for a little while. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you here. Patton Kazire eight over seventy eight to miss the cut on Friday. He said, pitiful golf on a pitiful golf setup on an overrated golf course. <laughs> <laughs> pitiful is a, a good uh, uh, That word needs to be used more frequently. Uh, uh, it's so good. But the, 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 one, the thing about Terrell is it's like he'll go after the, the you know, the best court. Like he'll go after Augusta. Nat- he'll go after anything. Right. But, he, but he the problem the is it's, it's a problem, Patrick, because when you highlight everything, you highlight nothing. Right. So when you complain about every course, then it's, it's just on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not about the course. It's no longer about the course. I would take it more seriously if he did it once every 18 months. Yeah. I wish, uh, you know how there's a Heisman house for Heisman winners. I, w- I wish there was something like that for a uh, U.S. amateur winners. So Kelly and Tiger can kind of talk about that around the table there. I thought you were going to say about people that complain about golf courses. Cause that would be entertaining. Also, Either one would be good. <laughs> that sounds like a European tour production idea. Does anybody watch the big break or uh, not the big break, big brother? <laughs> no, uh, neither. Cause I'm pretty sure I don't know if they still do, but big brothers where they put everybody in the house and they're like cut off from outside contact. This is what having kids is like, Rick. <laughs> so, but the thing is, I don't know if it still is, but you used to be able to subscribe to, like a live feed of the big brother house. So you could like listen to all the conversations and watch them all day long. Imagine if they threw 12 golfers on tour into a house and we could subscribe like the, the amount of content that we would get out of such a situation would be. Yeah. They, they need to do it at like, it'd almost be like full swing live, like at a major, like a major week when like that group, like the, uh, speed JT Zach Johnson group, uh, gets, gets a house Kisner's I think in there, it would be fantastic. That would be so good. You're you literally described the Truman show. (laughs) I love the Truman show too. It's good. Really good. Uh, hopefully good will be our best bets, which we are going to do after a quick word from our partners. The best bets brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. This is where we take 50 bucks, put it on a matchup, 30 on any finish, finishing position that we want, and 10 bucks each on two separate outrights. Mark, why don't you lead us off with your matchup for the week? I will. I'm still looking for some sort of semblance of sunshine. I've been terrible at these bets this fall. Um, matchup, I'm going with Alex Smalley. His name was mentioned earlier. He's got a good record around here. And over Alex Noren, who just is, is 
he, he pops up at the strangest of places to me. You know, he, he's, he's this European tour winner, yet to win on the tour. And all of a sudden, you'll find him in a place like Bermuda. Um, so I'm not sure how his game is. I know Smalley's playing well. I know he's at a golf course. And he's comfy. Again, he's from North Carolina, so he's comfortable on Bermuda. So plus 100 for the North Carolinian over the Swede. All right, Patrick, find us another winner, please. Yeah, I'm thinking about betting on that Charleston Duquesne basketball game that we just showed in that uh in that ad. But uh do you have, do you have a lean for the people? Do you have a lean? Well, it's kind of you know, I have Pittsburgh tie, so I got Duquesne there. I live in Charleston, so I'm I'm really gonna have to hone in on that one. Uh nothing, nothing official yet, but I'm gonna go with the Belgian Thomas Dietrich of the University of Illinois fighting Illini. Minus 120 over the Clemson Tiger, Lucas Glover. Uh, Dietrich, nine straight made cuts. He finished second here last year, T22 the year before. Glover played for the first time since the Tour Championship last week. Kind of eh. Um, and I think you see at this course, good putters tend to play very well. And so I like Dietrich over Glover because of that at minus 120. Yeah, KP, uh, you, or excuse me, Patrick was not the only one who wanted to pick on Lucas Glover. Where did you go with your matchup? Yeah, I went Adam Scott. Adam Scott's been playing some pretty good golf. A lot of it on the European tour, but this is a, obviously not a great field. Uh, kind of tantamount to some of the European events right now. So um, obviously this matchup has nothing to do with the field, but uh, that's more about how Adam Scott's been playing. And I just, I think Glover has been... A little bit, uh, he, he, strangely, he's kind of like a name right now, like he, just because of how, how much he was in the conversation around the Ryder Cup and all these different things. So I think he's being a little over overvalued. Um, his only start since Eastlake, I think he finished, what, T58 last week at at, uh, at the, uh, the Mexico event. So not a great start to the fall. WWT championship for Lucas Glover. That's Adam Scott over Lucas Glover. And I went Vincent Whaley over Brandon Wu. Uh, Whaley's just having himself a whale of a fall. And I think this is a pretty decent setup for him. Any finishing position in the whole world, Mark, what did you find for us? Camilo Villegas played beautifully last week. Um, top 30 plus 190. I'm loving the look of him this week. He hits it head high to a grasshopper. Um, He's powerful. He's found a little groove with the work he's done on the golf swing with uh, with um, his new swing coach hooked up last year. So a lot of confidence, um, and, I, and I love him on Bermuda grass. So Camilla, top 30. And that would pay out plus 190 if it were to come through. Patrick, you've got a, a name that I like to see on your board. Who is it, please? Yeah, I like it. Uh, the Whaler himself, mm. Vince Whaley, top 20 plus 190. Like you said, he's been playing great golf, has a lot to play for. I think he's like 180th in the FedEx Cup, so needs a needs a really good finish here in top 20 given his skill set, how he's played here, how, how he's played recently at plus 190, I think it's a steal. I went with Harry Hall, top 20 plus 260. He does two things very well compared to his PGA Tour peers. He hits his wedge as well. And he putts well. That's it. The only two things he does well are going to be very, very important this week. Plus 260 to finish on the first two pages of the leaderboard. KP, round us out, please. Yeah, I've got uh, Luke List, top 20, striking the ball great. Uh, he's popped up, obviously, one, uh, what was that, a month ago now. And yeah, I like him to finish in the top 20 at plus 130. Two separate outrights. We get to put 10 bucks on each of them. I'm scanning. I'm scanning. I'm scanning. I think we have 
eight different golfers here. No overlap whatsoever. Uh, I am much more bullish on Lucas Glover. I think that this is a much better course for him than it was last week. I do have some concerns that his putter is not magically fixed every single week, but I took him and Akshay each at 22 to one KP. Give us your two, please. Yeah. Alex Noren, who finished, I believe it was two, three, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then uh, you're going to have to help me with the name. Matthias Schmid. Yeah, the secret Maddie. is yeah, he just goes by Maddie. Okay. Fifty-five to one. Playing great he's, golf. He's a good one, Kyle. That boy is good. Yeah. Yes. And also not to be confused with Maddie Schwab, yeah. who is also in this field. He's so, confused. <laughs> so click the correct name when you go to click. Mark, let's go to you next, please. Your two outrights. Both former winners of this event. Um, I had the luxury of watching Brendan Todd play golf about 10 days ago in a fundraising golf outing for the blank Dream Speak Live um, Center. And Brendan's game looks sensational. Um, had him on, I actually had him on my podcast here recently. Uh, he's very accurate and playing with a lot of confidence right now. And then Lucas Herbert, who won here. He's sort of enigmatic plays his own game, but you know, he's down from in Australia where you play different kinds of coarse grasses and, and around the wind, he hits it, he hits it ball low and powerfully. So two guys are one year before Herbert plus 2,200 and Brendan Todd plus one plus 1800. Herbie and Todd for Mark Patrick, you have a golfer that I am not sure we have ever uttered his name on this podcast before. And I, I, I love this. That's a pretty fair bet, I think, that we've never mentioned his name. So please enlighten us on where you went with your outright selections. Well, Rick, it's the world number three, uh, Nick Dunlap of Alabama. Wait, he, is he behind? He's behind Sargent and uh, the, the Lambo guy? I believe so, yeah. World number three, amateur. Yes. So okay, got it. C courtesy of amateur status. Um and th this kid's just been a stud. I mean, there's a video of him lipping out for a 59. He was just in Abu Dhabi with KP's boy, Gordon Sargent, for the team championship. Uh, he won the USAM. He won the North-South, the Northeast. He won the SEC stroke play. Uh, kids a stud. And in this field, 80 to 1, sign me up. Anything could happen. These kids are out of college and can win right away. So why, why can't he? Patrick, quiz. Do you know who Nick Dunlap's father is and what he did for a living? He was a cobbler. No, no. I'll just guess that he is the Dunlap of Dunlap golf. No, no, no. He was. Oh, that's an O. Scott Dunlap was a sensational professional golfer who played on the global tours. One of the best ball strikers. You ask most people that have been, that have been around the block. Scott was awesome. And. He's done such a great job with Nick. Uh, kid plays the game. I I'm with you. He's good. Does he, is he going to win this week? I don't think so, but Nick Dunlap has got a lot of chops about him. Okay. I'll take yeah. that as a positive. I didn't hear the the first part you said. I, I said I heard a lot of chops about him, yeah. which I, I love in my golfers that I bet. And then I'm going to go with Taylor Pendrith, 22 to 1, the big hitting Canadian finished T5 here in his lone appearance, T15 in Mexico, T3 in Vegas, hits it far, good wedge player, seems to be getting more confident with the putter. So at 22 to 1, I like him. Uh, data golf has Dunlap 198 in the world, by the way, 
just behind uh, Maddie Sh- Maddie Schmidt. I was gonna say that's probably like okay. better than a lot of this field. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's yeah, it's comparable. I mean, I guess my point is like he probably shouldn't be eighty to one. He should probably be like sixty or fifty. Here's a Scott Dunlap nugget for you. Uh, mm-hmm. August twentieth of two thousand, he reached his highest world ranking ever. His best world ranking ever closest without going over mark because you brought him up you have to go first uh 105th kyle i'll say 80th patrick what uh what tour did he play on mark the world tour no no he's played in south africa he's played in europe he's played a lot he's got two south african wins two yeah. nationwide wins two canadian wins a champions tour win Okay, I'm going to say he reached the height of 74th. No respect for Scott Dunlap. All of you over 58th. He got to 58th in the world. Wow. It would be hard to get to 58th right now without playing on the Euro or PGA Tour. Although maybe he did. He just didn't win. Well, he was prolific, man. I'll tell you what. He could really go. He really could. I think we always got to look back at the OWGR2 KP and think of Alex Noren uh, to see where where we were and where we have come. True. Great point. Alex yeah. Noren once ranked to number seven in the world. Scott Dunlap finished T3 at the Players in 2000. Finished T10 at the Open in 1999. T9 in 2000 at the PGA Championship. He had his own little 1999-2000 run. Take that, Tiger. Not as good. <laughs> still, still pretty good. Damn. That is Akshay, Glover, Norin, Schmid, Pendrith, Dunlap, Todd, Herbert, and one extra bet coming on anything else that we would like. Uh, and actually, oh, look at this. Look at this, Kyle. Little, little synergies from the writers that we have on staff here. Where'd you go? Let's go. Wait, what? Is that right? Yeah. What's your bet, Kyle? <laughs> oh, I was looking at the. I, sorry, I was looking at the betting performance. I was like, no, I'm I'm crushing Patrick. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you are crushing him, and you're uh, gonna give us another winner right now. Yes, I've got Nick Dunlap top twenty. I found that also, Patrick, and I don't know that he's gonna win. I do think he can finish in the top twenty, though. So that's that's what I'm going with. Uh, over three to one on your money. If you can find it, I'm sorry, Mark. I have MJ Duffy to miss the cut at plus 175. He's missed quite a few as of late. You can dispute that if you'd like, and you can also give us your best bet. No, I'm I'm with you there. I'm just shaking my head at my dismal performance. Can we pray for me, please? Anyways, <laughs> I'm, I'm going for Camillo top 40 plus 110. I remember my other bet was a top 30 plus 190, but again, the way he's playing, I think, um, I, I actually, I'm going to stop thinking. I'm hoping he gets that so I can break the schneid because I've been bad. Hashtag pray for Mark. We are going to get you. We are going to get you on the on the right side of things. We're going to get a, 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 a one. You know, I I think we've talked about this before. All the all the praying for Ted Scott did end up working out. So it really, did. It really it worked did. out real well. Okay. So many we'll, yes yes. Many prayers were answered. So yes. we'll, we'll get that going for you, Mark, and we'll see if we can get a seat. There's two events left. I, I need two wins in a row. I need a little streak. We're fine. We're carrying you. Yeah. Then you'll you'll charge ahead at the beginning of 2024, Mark. Right. 
Whoa, Kyle is okay. So JP. how far we have gone? Kyle, big hit Kyle of the llama. Times in the history of this podcast has uh, shied away from looking at the results, and here he is requesting. Hey, Josh. Oh yeah. Do you have, do you have the overall numbers? Because he's sure. currently smashing with a forty-one percent ROI. He's out in front. Look at look at you. Well, what I didn't know because I wasn't on on Sunday is whether I did anything last week. I couldn't remember what i yeah you carried us i think okay good great i had a bunch of ludwig and he played pretty well so yeah kyle book a quick ticket to vegas take rick along with you go and make yeah. yourself some money you're on a road you're on a run you're on you you you're running good as as rick would say and go and, go right. and do business out there i think patrick might be the one headed to vegas no palms are itching is that yeah 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 you can just uh venmo me a couple bucks and i'll, I'll throw it on black for you, there you go. okay yeah. can we talk about it is this can we can patrick i mean this is actually? this is the segue right yeah yeah we are uh patty hits the road it is almost official i'm gonna be heading out to the netflix cup thanks to kyle uh for putting in the good word with the people over at netflix i'm gonna be there uh getting in on monday on the ground tuesday doing all the all the fun stuff and then heading out wednesday hopefully you know up a a few grand too, at least. So, so uh, Patrick and I have been communicating, and and we're targeting Tuesday night. So, if you see Patrick and Rick out on the town chopping it up in Vegas, who knows where we'll be? Could be anywhere. Could be anytime. Uh, it, it could be madness if there's crowds. You know, if you think they're there for F one, they're probably not. They're probably there for Patrick and I. That that don't be afraid to come say hello. Well, the, the, the spot where you get into trouble is if Joe Musa is your tagging along as well. <laughs> <laughs> because Patrick and Rick, I trust, but you throw Joe in there and it's who knows. I mean, anything, anything could happen. He'll he'll improve the uh, uh, uh what what what, what the, the sartorial nature of the trio should he show up. I mean, he, he's like a walking um, clothes horse. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. David says Rick and Patrick seem like big Dave and Buster's guys. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Rude. Rude. Uh, don't, don't think I've forgotten, Patrick. We do have to get your positivity positivity parlay. So, Josh, if you could throw that back up for the people because he did win it last week. I think he might have won two in a row. Give us what you got for this week, Patrick. Uh, we got the Lone Shark, Ben Griffin, uh, big hitting Canadian, Taylor Pendrith, Kent, Kent State legend. And the artist formerly known as the world number seven, Alex Norin, <laughs> all to make the cut at minus 120. Look, it was uh, slim pickings this week, value wise. And so we're in the black. Uh, let's just keep on piling up these wins. Minus 120 for all three to make the cut. There you go. Our best bet segment brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. So just to recap, you should subscribe to the Golf on CBS YouTube channel. If you are listening, to the audio version of this. When this show ends, you're going to be in for a little bit of a treat. If you're not listening, you should probably go listen. Don't be afraid to download all that fun stuff because KP, we are actually going to get your conversation with, I think it's fair to say, a, a superstar, right? If you are one of 20 guys who do something at the highest possible level on an international stage, you are a superstar. Of course, I'm speaking of Pierre Gasly. Yeah, Pierre Gasly. We uh, I got an article out on CBSSports.com. Got to play some golf with him. What was that? Three weeks ago now, and wrote about that for 
at the website. Then he hopped on the pod for 15 minutes. We talked Netflix cup. We talked um, just golf in general. He's kind of a, he's kind of a sicko. He's kind of in, uh, and it's just kind of gotten in over the last year. So uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, he, you know, he's somebody that not only is he in the, 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 the 20, but I think he's ranked inside. You can look this up. I think he's ranked like ninth right now or s- somewhere in that range in terms of the, uh, the individual standings in F1. So, uh, good dude had a ton of fun with him and, uh, just enjoyed talking golf. I think, I think he actually likes talking golf more than he likes talking racing. So it was, it was a blast. That's always how it works, man. These guys yeah. don't want, they talk about it enough. The golf guys don't want to talk about golf. They talk about golf constantly. For Everybody sure. else wants to talk about golf no matter what. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so see the synergies here. KP takes care of us in Austin, gets to chat with Pierre Gasly, teases a little bit of Netflix cup. Patrick swoops on in, gives us the Netflix cup stuff. It, it is kind of a, it is going to be interesting, Patrick. Netflix making their first foray into live sports. Uh, you will be there. I will, I'm working on it. I'll probably be there. And I'm interested to see how it all goes down. Yeah, and uh, they have an eclectic cast of characters that are going to be uh, running the broadcast, so to speak. So, yeah, it, it'll all be very interesting. Do I'll we know who have, that is? Uh, it's not released yet. Okay. Um, but <laughs> so it, you it, know it, who it is. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just something I'll have to – it'll be interesting to, one, be there, and then, two, watch it back on uh, Netflix. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I'm bummed to miss, but I'm also curious to see it from a uh, like from a, a Netflix and digital perspective also because I think that – I mean, you've talked about this, Rick. That part of it will be just as interesting as anything that happens on on the golf. Yeah. Really fun stuff. Okay. Anything else? Final thoughts before we get out of here. If, if not, we're going to turn it over to Kyle and Pierre. Going once, going twice. All right. If you're listening, stay tuned for that and check it out. Uh, if you're watching, head on over and download the audio version. Make sure you get access to that. Big thanks to producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald on Twitter at amateur status. Mark Immelman, Mark underscore Immelman, Kyle Porter, Kyle Porter, CBS. You can find me at Rick run good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. We have a special guest today, uh, somebody who's not a golfer but does play a lot of golf or is starting to play a lot of golf, Pierre Gasly of the Alpine F1 team. Pierre, uh, how are we doing today? Very good. Uh, happy to uh, to be here with you, Kyle. Uh, we had some great fun uh, last week, so <laughs> pleased, to, uh, pleased to be chatting with you today. We, we did have some great fun. I'm writing a piece for CBSSports.com that by the time this podcast comes out, we'll, we'll probably be on the website. We played nine holes together. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I was, I was impressed by the state of your game, given the fact that you haven't been playing that long. And the thing that I was more impressed by, Pierre, and this is what I'm writing about, is how dialed into golf you are. You, you were locked in. You were adamant about keeping every stroke about beating me about the competition <laughs> of it. What, what, you, felt, you felt it. You felt it. <laughs> it was, but it was fantastic. I think sometimes you do like I do things like that and people are kind of like, ah, oh, whatever. And it was fun to actually compete a little bit. Um, how did you get into golf? Like what was the, what was kind of the introduction there? And, and uh, yeah, what was your, your first jump into golf? Um, well, I, I will say I'm coming from a very, uh motorsports fan family um so i got like a big family four brothers 
three racing parting and uh the the unique and only one that didn't race um choose golf so um, as i grew up he was the only one kind of you know not going to race track going to the golf course and um he used to play to play very well like you know two um handicap might yeah might be slightly better and uh yeah obviously i i you know i joined him um a couple of times just tried to get a feel with the feel with the game uh clubs etc and then in my region where i come from in normandy it's a, not not super small but not really big city uh, we got we got a couple of golf course and uh yeah with friends i started to play a bit more practice i would say probably like around 10 years ago um but it was more like for fun more like as a yeah a distraction hobby and trying to get into something new um so yeah i would say it probably started 10 years ago and then but i think you saw me more recently like the last year or so is when it, you really kind of kicked it up a little bit what what was the reason for that yeah um so yeah i, I used to play but like twice twice a year so uh, my le my level was really really poor i'll i'll uh, i'll enjoy it like on the range uh but as soon as i leave the course will be complete disaster so you know I, I was at that stage where it was really uh basic i will say and only since yeah a year year and a half i started to uh you know enjoy we do so much traveling in formula yeah. one like we get to travel the world and i figured out that's a very cool way of visiting cities actually by visiting their golf courses because we go to australia we go to the states we go to brazil sao paulo dubai also in the middle east etc they got very nice golf course everywhere and uh, it's quite convenient for us when we get um you know on site a couple of days before the before our grand prix um just to get in the rhythm and and you know get outside um i get my coach with me and and we eat like uh uh, around then uh, there and there and uh it's um it's, it's really enjoyable so i would say it's been only a year that i started to get into it obviously with a very humble level uh to start with and um and as a, yeah, as a competitor i don't like to lose so i've lost a lot and um <laughs> I, I i didn't i didn't get well with it uh, i didn't i didn't i didn't enjoy all these losses and i was like i need to get my yeah, my head around this game and I need to improve and I'm at that stage where I'm I'm trying to I have this will and desire of getting decent I'm still not there I'm still I'm still missing um you know um a few classes and, and and a few rounds and a few tips but I definitely have this will and desire and, and getting in the sport following a lot more if you look my feed on social media now it's half of it is all about golf and <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend's really happy about it and uh, <laughs> it's all like these uh, golf tricks and techniques etc um but it's um yeah definitely a, a Sport, a sport I enjoy and, and a sport I really want to um, improve um, improve personally. Yeah, you, you sound like you're at the position where I'm at, where it's like, God, could I could I quit my day job and just go play golf? Like, I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think I can make any money doing that. But no, I, yeah. I, I think the I think the the place that you find yourself is is obviously your hand eye coordination is very good, and I was fairly impressed with just how competent you were after i mean for to not have played for more than like you said a year or whatever like really played i i thought it was impressive i did tell you 
the only goal that I had for our nine holes together was to get you ready for the Netflix cup, which is coming up uh, here in about a month. How, how nervous are you for this? You're obviously playing with some other F1 guys with some PGA tour guys like Justin Thomas and Max Homa and, and Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler. Are you, are you more nervous than a race, less nervous? How, how are you feeling about the Netflix cup in Vegas? Um, the old build up to it is not fun on my side because I know I'm by far the worst. I'm by far the worst player of them, uh, of them all. Like, um, yeah, Carlos plays really well. Endos too. Um, I think Albon is is very decent. And you know, I I kind of figured out. Oh my gosh, I I don't have time left. You know, before we we that um, that contest. And well, I figured out the best way of approaching it is just to go. You know, just relaxing, enjoying. I think it's gonna be an experience, uh, an incredible experience, uh, to be able to play with these uh, with these guys. And uh, I obviously won't be great, but hopefully, I don't know. For maybe um, I'll, I'll have a lucky day, and uh, and I will be able to do a couple of couple of great shots, and I'll be pleased with that. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see, but. I know where I'm at. I'm definitely not where I like to be, especially to go to go live on Netflix in front of million spectators. But well, that's the way it is. I can't I can't uh, I can't back off now, and and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy the the whole event. I think this the scariest part about something like that is when they line the first tee box and you have to hit a drive, and you're like, that's a lot of that's a lot not of it, people. Don't even and talk I'm, about it. I'm, I'm not, more worried. I'm more worried for the people on the side than than myself, really. You know. Well, that's I what know. I'm saying. That's a lot of people, and I'm not because this is how I feel. I'm not totally sure where this is going, and I think once you settle into that that first shot, uh, I think you'll be fine after that. What what what's been your uh, Pierre? What's been your experience of just consuming golf? So you said your Instagram feed is has been a lot of golf, and um, you know, obviously you. We talked about the Ryder Cup. You followed the Ryder Cup. Just what has been your consumption of golf and how have you enjoyed consuming it the most as you've sort of gotten into it over the last year or so? Um, so I will say I've enjoyed it's still like quite um like broad, like where I'm I'm just enjoying I don't have like a particular golfer that I'm crazy about. It's more all of them, they all reach the level which they able to pull insane shots at every tournament. Obviously, the last Ryder Cup was, um, I think, I was just from like another level. Um, you know, I watched the highlights and followed the competition, and it was great because it felt like also around me, the community is getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So it's becoming like a, a talking point. Um, you know, whether it's in my family or in my like uh, uh, group of friends, etc. Um, but yeah, on social media, obviously, I, I don't watch TV that much. But if I'm watching TV, it's to watch sports, um, all news, but let's say quite a lot of sports usually. Um, and then yeah, on social media, I just uh, yeah follow the follow the guys and uh, and um, and yeah, a couple of page on techniques and and trying to um, to pick up on those ones, uh, which at the moment doesn't fully translate in my game. I hit my worst golf ever, like my wor worst 
um, golf cart yesterday, which really stressed me about, which actually really got me stressed about for Vegas. I got I got to a point which it was so embarrassing. I just completely lost the feel of it. And uh, I'm glad I played decent with you before the weekend. I think yeah. it actually it actually sort of. Uh, put me in a great mental space and, and, and in a great zone. I had a very strong weekend after that. So um, I don't know what you're doing um, tomorrow, but I have another I have another race in Mexico this weekend. If you want to if you want to come here and we can eat a eat a run together, I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I've got I've got four kids. I, I can't be like just gallivanting <laughs> about the world, tra- you know, getting getting you ready for F one races by by playing uh, as much as I would love to. Uh, that that would be. Uh, we can discuss it. We can yes. discuss it offline. <laughs> yes, for sure. That would be that would be quite a lot of fun. Uh, I, you know, I'm curious. You, you mentioned Carlos Sainz and and Lando and some of those guys. Golf seems to be this galvanizing force in um really all of life you know you see other athletes whether it's baseball or or basketball or you know steph curry patrick mahomes guys like that that i've seen is- i've seen curry playing i've seen that uh amazing hole and amazing shot he had the other day it was yeah he's unbelievable he's 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 a different level he's very good but is there anything else in the f1 world that's that unifying or galvanizing outside of f1 obviously the reason you have this traveling group is because everybody does f1 you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people but is there anything that people sort of gather around um other than golf outside of just the racing um yeah i must say we seem to be a lot more united recently um you know we've got this driver association where we all 20 drivers um are part of and uh i must say the last couple of years it seems like all drivers kind of got a stronger link um and more connected together so golf i will say is one of them where we coupled with a couple of drivers to play and recently we all getting um a lot into paddle so you know like a paddle game like Like ping pong yeah, I think I think you guys call it slightly different in the states. You know, like it's not like tennis; it's like um, pickleball. Yeah, sort of a sort of like pickleball, but with the the glasses. I think yeah, it's a it's it's a similar it's a similar game. Not quite exact, not uh, exactly the same, but uh, it's a similar type of game. And um, recently, I've played with George Russell. I've played with Lando. Uh, K-Mag, Max Verstappen is playing a bit, Wilkenberg as well. So we play like you, you need two teams of, of two players. So we kind of, uh, yeah, get together and uh, and get a couple of games, um, you know, late at, uh, after after our days at the track. So it's uh, it's, it's pretty good fun. But that's awesome. That, that, that I'm definitely like better. I'm, I'm definitely better at paddle than, than at golf. So I prefer playing paddle at the moment <laughs> with the guys. But <laughs> well, you, you said something earlier that I want to go back to you. You're talking about how playing golf <clears throat> at like in these different cities is a great way to, to see the city. Right. And, and one time I described golf to somebody who was just getting into it as like, you, you're kind of taking a hike, but you're taking these like 14 metal sticks with you along the way. Right. And I think that's such a compelling, I don't think when people think of golf, they think like uppity country club, you know, like just, it's not, I I don't think a lot of times it's what you think of what has been your 
Like, is there been anything about golf that you're like, oh, I, that was not my perception of it. That's not what I thought about it coming into playing. Um, <clears throat> obviously, they've been they've been a couple of surpri surprises, uh, but generally, I kind of knew what to expect from my brother. Um, you know, I used to see my brother playing from a very young age and um, going to the courses, even if I wouldn't play, but just, you know, getting outside, enjoying the fact of being outdoor activity, you get, um, uh, you know, good people, good chat. And I feel it's, you know, you're mixing sport with social time and, and there is like a great combination and, you know, quite a lot of positivity you can get out of these two, three hours um you you'll spend on the course and um now as an athlete playing it i really like the fact of you know having to switch on and off the whole time like especially mm -hmm. when you're playing 18 holes and um as i'm not playing great there is a and i'm very perfectionist in everything i do and i'm I, i'm so far from being perfect in golf like you know i'm so i'm there is some sort of um emotion control and i need to control myself so much because i get very frustrated when i don't i don't do something well and it really helps me in controlling myself and really trying you know to stay in the zone not being distracted by a poor shot i've done or like a poor hole or like a poor drive like or losing a ball etc and it's that really like challenging myself in putting me in a sort of uncomfort zone, uh, which I'm not used to in my sport because I'm, let's say, I know exactly what I'm doing. I got everything under control. Okay. At times something doesn't go quite right, but that's in these type of moments where I'm usually, you know, angry at myself and upset and, and, and in golf, I can reproduce that pretty much every single hole. I'm always, I'm always going to miss, miss yeah. a, a shot at some point, which will really force myself in staying in, in the, you know, staying locked in and, and really finish the, the job. And I, I really like this, uh, this exercise. And, you know, that's my way of challenging myself because at the end of the day, it's always a competition, whether it's a competition against other people or a competition against myself, I need to have some sort of competition in anything um, that, I, that I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I, I think that's a great way to sum it up. We're going to get you out of here. One story I wanted to tell real quick that I think this will, this should give you confidence for the Netflix cup. We played one hole. Oh, I still owe you for this by the way, but we played one hole for <laughs> allegedly $5. There were other zeros that were thrown around that I was not participating in. It was $5 and you step up there. I think six or seven of us hit a shot you were the last one. You step up. You almost make a. You almost make it on this part, short par three at, at the at the golf course that we played at. And to me, it was this moment of, hey, turn the pressure up a little bit. Put some money on the line. Put a little <laughs> competition on the line. And Pierre's Pierre's locked in. Does that give you confidence for the for the Netflix go? Yeah, I know that when the, the challenge is thrown at me, then it's usually when I raise my game. So, um, yeah, that was a that was a great exercise. I'm not gonna lie, there was a good a good part of luck on that hole, which uh, which came <laughs> on, which, which came on my side. But you you take whatever you can, you know. So no, I think I even ended with a birdie. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was uh, it was great. It was probably my my best shot of the day. So yeah, it's it's good to it's good to remember that I might need to uh, 
to bet a couple of bucks every hole uh, in in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those guys have plenty of bucks to uh to bet. So, yeah. uh yeah. Pierre, thanks for your time. Good luck in Mexico. I had a great time uh visiting last week. Uh got to come down for Saturday for the the sprint race and it was a blast. It was it was really cool to see uh your whole team up close in in your craft. We got to share a little bit in the craft that I cover uh, with golf and uh, it was just, it was, it was a really cool experience. So appreciate that and uh, appreciate your time today. Just uh, talking about golf, talking about the Netflix cup and best of luck the rest of the year. And book your Tuesday or Wednesday before <laughs> the next, next year. We'll get another round. I will for <laughs> sure. That'd be awesome. I would love to do that. Thanks Kyle.